0: To Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me, as always, is Nathan Golia. Good evening, Zach. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, l- uh, I won't say a lot to talk about, but uh, you know, it's the first week that the new sets out, so there's a lot to uh, at least comprehend. Right. Well, I think you know it's gonna. We've had a lot going on the past
1: couple months, so it's it's we're due for a little bit of a down period here. And uh, without the Sunday, without the Sunday tournament on Star City, we're not going to get any huge results.
0: Yeah, super bummed about um, not seeing a, a Sunday tournament to, with with the new cards to see if there's anything that uh, pushes through. Yeah, pun no intended. Pun intended, right? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, we've been, there's been some uh, a lot of you know sort of shakeout from after the Grand Prix and and um, you know Reed Duke winning with his true name bug deck and Fatal Push being added to the format. And uh I think we're just gonna we I think we should talk a little about about like building decks right now. Um what are we, we should maybe say, like why would you not play bug right now?
0: Yeah, um, I mean bug seems pretty good like you know, look at Reed's Reed's deck. It's it's basically just a bug mid range deck, right? Like yep. you've got, you know, your Force of Wills, your dazes, and then you're running what, Death Rites and Noble Hierarchs? Yep. And Tarmogoyf's... Uh, one Tarmogoyf. T- one Tarmagoyf, uh four Trunin Nemesis, uh, and and what else is in there? Uh,
1: Abrupt Decay Thought Season Days. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> of course, oh, and, of of course yeah.
0: and of course, Leovold, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, One Murder's Cut, uh, the, you know, three Jaces, Selvan Library, and Jitte, 21 lands. um, No Wastelands in this deck. This is This is not a deck that's trying to, like, tempo you out as much as it is to try and value you out. It's no, he's got wasteland. He's got wasteland.
1: Oh my I'm gosh, sure. I completely am wrong. Yeah. There are three
0: wastelands. Up <laughs> it's at the okay. top of, they're up at the top of the list. Um, so yeah, th- this is a deck that um, maybe is slightly trying to tempo you out, but it really looks like it's just trying to win the mid game um, and right. outvalue you. So what's the key card for that? That you
1: that you think is is the most important? The key that?
0: card for this deck. I mean I think it's Truny Nemesis. The deck is named true name bug, right? Like yep. I think Truni Nemesis is in a unique position right now, even during this tournament and definitely after it, in that it it dodges a lot of removal, most removal in fact. And um with uh Fatal Push being a card that I think we're going to see people playing more of, I think the counter to Fatal Push is is playing your own Truny Nemesis'. Um, and you know maybe maybe playing a jute here or a sword there to uh to toss on him.
1: Well, I think that that's definitely right. And one other thing that maybe we should talk about is that Reed had this one Tarmogoyf um, in his deck, which I think he said in his article was just sort of like I needed a 60th card and I needed it to be a threat, and Tarmogoyf is there. Yeah, you know, we might see Tarmogoyf go on a downswing as well in favor of maybe something like Gurmag Angler.
0: Yeah, or uh, or you know push. Hooting Mandrills. Um, you know, uh, it, it could it could happen. We could see Hooting Mandrills being played, but um,
1: well, the, the four four with Trample. If you guys remember my Grand Prix story, you know that that just completely <laughs> they might that laughed at my true name nemesis. Let's
0: put it that way. Yeah, for sure.
1: Just, um, just look at the bolt every turn.
0: It's interesting. This is a deck that has eight mana dorks and twenty one lands. Um, so you know, it's it, it 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 attempts to jump ahead relatively quickly and then just. You know, like I said, it just outvalues you. You've got you've got three jaces. You've got a Sullivan Library, so you've basically got a green jace uh, in there as yep. well. Uh, Jite uh, in a deck that can't really fetch Jite. It doesn't have a way to find Jite. It just you know ponders and brainstorms. Yeah,
1: I think we're you know we've talked about this deck a little bit, and I do want to I do want to point out that there was a tournament that I saw posted. It was an invitational tournament, I think, from Time Vault Games, which is in Portland. And a couple of decks in the top eight were basically just taking Reed's list and playing it, um, in this legacy, uh, invitational that they ran. Um, so I think that that's definitely the starting point right now for the format. And, you know, one of the things that is going to have to be asked if you, if you're starting, you know, from that as a deck, like how much can you really veer off of that and stay on sort of the same plan right now? Yeah. Like it's going to be hard. Um, I have so an answer I want
0: to,
1: yeah, we're gonna get to, let's get to it in a second. I want to yeah, keep yeah. setting the table a little bit. Here's an example of just how 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 much this idea of bug value is catching on. The top five most played cards in Legacy right now, the top three are always usually the same. It's brainstorm, force of will, and ponder. Right. Sure. Number four is deathrite shaman, which is crazy for any deathrite shaman's a great creature, but it's crazy for any
0: creature. Deathrite shaman, not a blue card.
1: Not a blue card. The next one is Abrupt Decay. Not only is Abrupt Decay in, like, 45% of the total played cards in the format, but it's in 60% of the decks. Abrupt Decay is just out there now. Yep. like You know? And Fetal Push is going to be added to that. Sure.
0: You know, what's also funny is looking at this top 10 list uh, to to uh, round it out. You've got Surgical Extraction Days, Sorts Plowshares, Delver Secrets, and Thoughtseize. To round out this list, there are zero... Red cards here.
1: Zero red cards. Zero red cards. That tells you a little bit about what is happening to um, what Red had been played for these Fair Decks, which was that one mana removal slot. Yeah. Um, until Fatal Push is not is not on Magic Online yet. But Reed sort of cracked the code, even without Fatal Push, of just having eight mana dorks and saying, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't really care about not having a one-man removal spell, because I'm just going to play my own true name and then clean up after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, plus days, I mean, being so good with all the dorks is, is something to, to keep an eye out for. Well, I have not played uh, in the Fatal Push format yet, really. I played on Friday, and it was legal. I did not play it. I would still play my Rug Berserk deck, which I thought would be the last time, Though I did beat a Fatal Push, um, thanks to double Lightning Bolt, so... <laughs> that's something to, to, to point out that you can do to some of these decks that they, they're on a slow draw, that they are susceptible to something like lightning bolt, just because they're hitting themselves with seas and stuff like that. So, but you've been working on a, on a deck as well.
0: Yeah, so, so you I mean, we
1: were thinking about doing
0: back in I don't know, like what three or four months ago, I was working on a shardless punishing rug deck, um, and that that you know flopped. It was basically a lands deck. Like at the end of the day, like that's what I ended up winning with was was like gamble into uh you know the the uh Merrill Mar- Mar- combo yeah. so uh that that didn't feel like what i wanted it to be as far as the deck was concerned like a value a value style deck it just ended up being a combo deck that was, was pretty subpar uh and you know it was cool to be able to play with uh ancestral vision and shardless shardless agent and Bloodbraid Elf, but it didn't it didn't really coalesce the way I was looking f- for it too. But looking at Reed's list, I thought I wanted to go back to the drawing board because again, I I only own one Underground Sea. so uh, it's it's hard for me to just like drop another six hundred dollars to to play Reed's deck. But what I thought was that in a world where you know Fatal Push is real, um, maybe I want to try something uh, move away from the from Delver of Secrets, right? Because Delver of Secrets is uh, pretty bad when the rest of the world is playing four Fatal Pushes and who knows how many Abrupt Decays on top of that. Your turn one Delver into their turn two uh, a Fatal Push with, uh, you know, with a land in play still really is not great because you can't really daze that. So, you know, as as turns go, people will learn not to just be like, oh, and I'll, I'll Fatal Push that at the end of my turn, you know, like they'll you still have a mana open on your turn, you're going to play, you're going to, you know, anyways. Probably
1: one of the biggest losers in the entire format. Yeah. Del- Del- or I, right.
0: I feel like Delver Secrets is going to definitely be off of that, that top 10 list by the, by the end of the month, I would say. That's going to go down a bit. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I, I think that uh, we should move away from Delver Secrets uh, if, if, uh, if we want to play successfully. So, Then I'm looking at, you know, what kind of creatures do we want to put in? Well, we want stuff that's not going to get hit by um, Fatal Push. And and it's not going to get hit by uh, Abrupt Decay. So, uh, Trinity Nemesis, obviously a great card. And then I was thinking Hooting Mandrills. Um, It seems like a card that's pretty nice that doesn't get hit by uh, either Abrupt Decay or Fatal Push. And if I'm not playing Delver, then there's no real reason for me to play uh, Nimble Mongoose and Tarmogoyf isn't great. So I can move down to a two of in Tarmogoyf, you know, reads down to one, I'm down to two and I can actually try and play some, uh, utility creatures of my own. So I wanted to try four Noble Hierarchs and two Edric, uh, Spymaster of Trust. Since I can't play Leovold, um, Edric is pretty interesting in that, like he can draw me a card as soon as he comes into play because I have the Noble Hierarchs. Um, so I could attack with Noble Hierarch um, or mm-hmm. one of the two Tarmogoyfs I have, um, and if I have nemesis out or whatever, like it, he's he's basically there to to gain me a card or two against my opponents. Um, then then I can play a couple of Dismember Jete. Uh, I can play the Jaces and the Sylvan Library. Basically, have the same deck, but I can run Punishing Fire and I can run uh, what's it called I can run Life from the Loom. Um, right. So I think I don't know i I feel like that's an interesting it's an interesting place where rug really hasn't been for a while is like a mid range rug deck, and I'm interested to see what happens uh tomorrow night when I go out and play play it well
1: one thing that when you, we were you were first telling me about the deck and that I had not occurred that had not occurred to me was that Edric plus true name and potentially even Hoodie Mandrills is pretty good like obviously true name's going to get through every, every time yeah. right and Against true name and against Leofold, hooting Mandrills is pretty awesome. Yeah, like it goes it goes right over him, well, and you still hit it. Unfortunately, hit
0: against not... Leofold, uh Edric isn't that great. Oh, that's right, that's <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> but you know what? I it, wanted, you know.
1: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about losers in the format later. And I, one, I would, yeah, not Edric, but I was thinking about Baleful Strix, which is yes, also kind of miserable. True. Um, I, but anyway, I think that's I think that's still a pretty cool synergy that uh, hasn't been explored because the only time I ever really played against Edric is against like an EDH deck with him, and it's just a bunch of flyers. And then for a while there was a uh, Edric band deck that was playing like some shadow creatures and just like you know ripping yeah. through its deck.
0: And I'm not um, positive that Edric is the is the card, but I know it's not Shardless Agent because I want to play Dazes and I want to play. Brainstorm, you know, like I want to play cards that are reactionary. Still, I want to have yep. a chance against decks that I'm I'm worried about. So I can't play Cascade. Um, and if that's the case, you know, like what what other green, like what other colors and creatures and the colors of rug that can I play? Edric is an interesting one. You know, I could play like a Trigon Predator, but it just doesn't seem like what I want, and I'm not getting that value immediately out of it. Like whereas Edric, I can conceivably get value out of imme- immediately. Well, um, if this
1: was me, I would be playing Green Sun Zenith and both those creatures, but that's because I'm a sick man.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the thing about uh, Green Sun Zenith is that it doesn't get me uh, Trinity Nemesis one, right, and it's certainly yep. never going to cast uh, Hooting Mandrills for me, right? Like I'm not going right. to have tap seven mana to put a Hooting uh, Hooting Mandrils into play. So it, it's a card that I, I thought about, but doesn't really work for what I was looking to do with this deck. Right. Um, whereas I thought, like you know. Uh, Jace, or Life from the Loam, or Sullivan Library might be a bet a better fit. And it's interesting because I've really never gotten to play like a mid range deck that actually gets to use Jace. So I'm, I'm I'm super excited to try to try this deck out, and hopefully I just don't get Waffle Stomp tomorrow when I try it.
1: Yeah. Well, one other thing that I thought was an in- interesting um, from your build was that up against fatal push with three drops is an interesting place to be right like yeah. Edric, for example mm-hmm. if we think that like what if, i don't know if we went through the whole top on this just now but um what what car was missing from it lightning bolt right yeah so if, to, in order for for Edric to be fatally pushed or for it to be abrupt decayed your opponents have to leave more mana open than you know just one for right? sure yep they have to have a fetch land up in a you know maybe perhaps immediately for edric to uh for edric to um not draw my card a right? like, yeah sorry my bad yeah yeah well i mean even then like yeah they have to they have to do that and then um even even if they say like well i'm going to chump block this thing and then that triggers revolt you're still up a card you know, yeah exactly. in, that, in that situation so it, it's kind of interesting place to be at with three drops versus uh fatal push and abrupt decay um abrupt decay being a two mana spell is not going to be held up as much especially if you've got wasteland going.
0: Yeah, I think I mean if um, there's one piece of advice I can give everybody is that you should own Fortune Nemesis after this podcast. Like that card is is from from this point on I think is going to be a staple um in in any deck playing playing blue that wants to attack.
1: And it's funny how it how we got to this point too because I mean obviously the card is really good with equipment, right? Yeah. Um, but that didn't really, the the problem was that the equipment decks just weren't good against the miracles decks, but you know, these bug decks are just, it's brutal matchup for miracles, you know, assuming the bug player can be sufficiently patient and sort of wait out, um, what's going on. It's one of the, they can actually compete in the late game. I think Reed Duke beat miracles four times on his way up. And one of them was Brian Bronduin, like it's not not like like he's not playing in some
0: scrub. Yeah. Um, that was the thing I was thinking with the rug version of this deck is like, I need something that's going to be good against miracles. And the answer there is punishing fire, um, where, you know, I, you know, it's not great against miracles, but as it has some, you know, I can recur things and start using that to, uh, you know, draw extra cards with my brainstorms, uh, you know, stuff like that is going to, is going to be a pretty big difference in, you know, what how you play against a deck that can outvalue you is like, you need something that you can do kind of constantly once the board's wiped, once your creatures are gone. Cause the deck does want you to have out more than one creature because of Edric, you know? Um, but you can just play one at a time and just pick away, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, any, anything that draws you a card and stays on the board is something that Miracles hates and Edric certainly qualifies. Um, his big brother, Leovold is, Probably a little bit more miserable for them to play against, but um though I was yeah, I was once playing against uh at uh Leo Hold with Miracles and I came on this horrible plan where I was going to have to Caracas and then counterbalance it. Um so I like floated a three and Caracased it, and they drew a card, then they abrupt my counterbalance because they had no cards in hand.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: <man. laughs> they gave my counterbalance, replayed Leavold, and I conceded.
0: That's a funny thing too, <laughs> is like how many Abrupt Decays are people going to be playing now versus how many uh pushes? You know, is well, Abrupt Decay a- going to go into the sideboard? Uh, is it is it going to be a 2 of, 4 of, a, you know, a 3 and 3? You know, that, that stuff is going to be really important, uh, especially for a person playing Miracles. It might be a great time to play Miracles because the number of Abrupt Decays in their main deck are going to go down.
1: Right, that's a, that is another... It's one of these impacts that we're not quite sure how it's going to work out yet. Now, Miracles against abrupt decay decks isn't always going to be on the counterbalance plan for sure um
0: but I mean, there's a lot of great targets for for abrupt decay that a miracles deck could otherwise deal with if it was fatal push you know like yeah. oh i'm gonna hit your uh monastery mentor and you're like oh i'll flip a two you know or whatever like that you know just being able to counter almost whatever they want most of the time versus like Abrupt Decay just gets rid of that thing. There's no, there's no yeah. uh, denying that that card is off the board. Well, in fact, one of the arguments for
1: leaving in your counterbalances is, is if you have Mentor in your deck, you're going to overload the counterbalances because going wide against the Bug Decks is something you can do. Yeah. Now, going wide is not really what your deck's doing, but the trample on Hooting Mandels, I think, is going to be really important. The interesting thing will to be if, to see if the Bug Decks actually adopt that card as well. They might not have room. Um, depending on how many of these you know, big three drops there are. I playing. wouldn't
0: like if I. So, if I were to look at Reed's deck, you know, like that that's a perfect spot that Goif as a one of Mandrills. Yeah. I think it's fine. You know, that. I mean, he's playing Murder's Cut too. So, you know, maybe you, maybe you play two over Murder's Cut and take out the Goif. And that's great in the current meta because, like I said, like that's a card that, again, like Goif immediately dies when it hits the board in, in this deck, I feel like. It, you know, there are several there are several you know cards that it, that those two cards can kill uh push and and decay can kill but like goif is such a just lightning rod for those two cards that like playing something in its place that would be that would be not be able to killed by it um that's almost indestructible you know like yeah. against against this like if this deck played against this it, itself and it had a healing mandrels instead of a tarmogoyf and was playing uh pushes as well I think you'd see that like that the Hooting Mandrills would would be really good against a bug deck.
1: Well, and the other thing to to uh to note there is just like um you know, Gurmag Angler gets in the way of, of all that stuff and Tarmago gets in the way of all that stuff. And really the question is like how important is the trample, you know? Yeah. Um one thing and I was wondering about your deck is if you would consider switching out uh Tarmogoy for young pyromancer. You've got the punishing fire. Thing going, um, and like going wide against decks that are trying to play a lot of spot removal is also a thing that you could consider, and it's also really great with Edric because the more tokens. Yeah, you of spend, course. The more, so, yeah, I thought about drop. it,
0: and and the thing is, is I you know, the deck. So the problem with Young Pyromancer and Edric is that you're playing more creatures,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then your spell count goes down, right? And yeah. and it's sort of like it, it's a funk. It's a funky balance. Um, I I don't know. I did think about uh like a one or two of uh young pyromancer, but the flex slot in the deck is the other card that makes it good, which is uh Edric. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something I think it could be worked around, but I'm not positive yet. I could take out the Tarmagoist for it. I'm playing two Tarmogoyz. It's a possibility.
1: Well, one of the things that we've I've heard in some of the analysis of this of this new meta in the post uh. Grand Prix Louisville post-Ether Revolt world is that you don't want to get too obsessed with worrying about what dies to Fatal Push because, oh, yeah. like, anything you're going to play is still going to be good against it. Like, it's oh, yeah, good yeah, against yeah. Thalia. It's, it's a one-for-one, one,
0: you know? Yeah. The other creature I mean, that I'm playing as a one-of is a card that's good against Thalia as well.
1: Um, And that's Baral.
0: Yeah, Baral. Compliance.
1: Maybe you want to tell everyone what that does. Yeah, so he's a 2 there. man oh,
0: one three, so he blocks Thalia. Um the, the basically goblin pyromancers all of your all of your spells. Um Goblin so, Electromancer. Go, Electromancer, sorry. All of yeah. your spells. So you, they all all of your instants and sorceries cost one less. And uh if you counter a spell, you loot. So I thought that was pretty cool in a deck that's that's got punishing fire, because you could have a punishing fire in your hand, you could loot, get rid of the punishing fire, and eventually get the punishing fire back. Mm-hmm. And you know, drawing extra cards uh, f- for a card that basically like lets you have uh, a little bit less mana on the board um, to begin with—it's pretty—it's pretty cool to me. I think that's that's a neat uh, a, a neat ability. Problem is that there's most of the deck is one one to two mana uh, sorceries or one mana sorceries that are you know just one one blue mana. So it doesn't. Well, but punishing fire isn't. <laughs> it's true. Punishing fire does go down. So that's that was a nice little ad having punishing fire on there.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it, one of the things I often tell people is they they see upstairs between New York and Utah, and I say that. Well, in New York, you just you have to face a death and taxes deck every time you play. Yeah. It's just so popular. So I I, I never would have thought overall at this point is like a couple of death and taxes decks that we see here, but. In New York, it's probably a really good, uh, really good addition. To at least try. I know it'll probably drive some people nuts. Um, so you're playing, you're playing this deck tomorrow?
0: Yeah, I'm going to try this deck tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, I don't run into the wall of Eldrazi decks that that I generally see over at uh, Nebulous. So,
1: that's... on the other hand, True Day I should be fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Um, I actually wanted to talk about a deck
1: I've been playing a little bit on, online. That I haven't made a bunch of, haven't made much movement on since I started playing it. Um, But it's been kind of fun, and I forgot until you mentioned the loot off Baral that that I had been playing this deck, (laughs) which was kind of funny. You playing online is so different than playing in person, you know? Like it's almost like it didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, you ever you ever get that feeling?
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Like forget, you you go and you're like, oh, I'm already finished with this league, which means I have to buy into another league. Uh, which maybe tells you about how good this deck is. But I was playing, or I've been playing, a black, white, and red Smuggler's Copter deck with um, Doretti, uh, ingenious Iconoclast. So I was sort of looking for something I could buy into online that was relatively cheap, and I came up with this list. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I just want to give you an example of what's in it. So I've got a couple ancient tombs, right? A little bit of Man Acceleration and a bunch of Black, white, and red lands: so scrub land, badlands, and a plateau. Basic swamp, fetch lands. That's the that's the land base along with four Mishra's factories. Um, so it's a good amount of lands. Got four tops and three terminus. So that's how white got in this deck. I needed a sweeper, and I was like, oh wait, I could just play terminus with Sensei's Divining Top and see how that works. Um, and then and then the four Um So there's a lot of other artifact synergies in the deck. Um, I have a Sword of the Meek, which you can sacrifice to Duretti, and then bring back the next turn when you make a one-one with Duretti, which I thought was kind of cool. I, um, I had a, I have a bunch of the uh, Mana Rocks, which allows me to um, ramp a little bit, get a little bit extra mana, which helps against cards like Days, but also helps hard cast Terminus, which has been <laughs> which has been very relevant. Yeah. Um. So that's just sort of like almost like a Tesra deck. I do have one of Johnny Vengeance as another Planeswalker because I was kind of eating my life total a lot with my ancient tombs, had a couple of Thought seizes. Um Then I had four Smugglers Copters. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the cast last week, but the reason I've been working on this is that I realized that you could use Doretti's tokens, even though they have Defender, to crew vehicles. And I was like, well, there's something you could do with that. And Thought I wouldn't be doing anything with it for a while, but then Smuggler's Copter was banned, and now it's you know like ten cents or something like that on Magic Online. So I was able to grab them. Yeah. I also have one Sky Sovereign Console flagship. I'm playing on. Uh, it's actually that's actually been a really good card in that it gets around abrupt decay and it's it's a seven six flyer, which is good against yeah. a lot of these bug decks, which has been very relevant. Um, you have, it takes three to crew, which makes it a little bit difficult to crew. Um, but you know, Mistress Factory helps. You get you, you throw the factory and one of your dudes at the chopper, and uh, well, I guess in the flagship, and uh, and it when it comes into play, it domes a planeswalker for three, which has been very surprisingly relevant. Oh yeah, um, you know, against Jace's uh, against of the Veil, vale. um, and then. I had two Lingering Souls, which I thought was a thing that would sort of... There's been times where it's been Ancient Tomb, scrub land, Lingering Souls, and see what happens from there. But it's something that's, that's hard for people to deal with playing, you know, one-to-one removal. It blocks Delver, and then gives you more guys, which is pretty good. It loots to Copter very well, so uh, pretty good card. So that's the deck. You know, it's basically, like, a bunch of artifacts, a couple Planeswalkers... Uh, a little bit of synergy with the, with the looting effect and these uh, and these vehicles, and I've won one out of ten rounds. Ooh, <laughs> but geez. I do want to note that I, and I, that I have lost three rounds to timing out, um, and I learned the hard way on Magic Online that you don't get a draw when you go one zero one; you just lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's been a couple of times where it's been one one or one zero in my favor, but it takes quite a long time to win with all the. Uh, Activating the copter um, or vehicle, you know, activating a Mishra's factory, activating a copter, resolving the trigger, getting in for three, and then you got to beat all the other stuff. But the deck has been so much fun, and uh, so I'm really hoping to work on it a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, I just think that like we're starting, maybe we'll start to see some uh, exploration of the vehicles and legacy a little bit now that, that smuggler's copter has been banned. I'm not going to lie, the card is really good.
0: <laughs> like yeah i mean i thought it's, about it's, playing it's it pretty rug- crazy <laughs> i thought about like it playing it in rug like you know as like maybe a two of or something where you just like play it on turn two or whatever leave it leave it there but like also it grows your uh mongoose if you just have like a one one mongoose out you can use that to like grow your mongoose if your opponent yeah. kills it it's like there's an artifact in your graveyard for uh mongoose and for tarmogoyf I think, I
1: think that, uh, well, it does die to Fatal Push and Lightning Bolt and Swords of Plowshares when activated and all that stuff. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not nothing. But um, if you get a couple attacks in with it, and even if you are just discarding lands to it, like I haven't really had any like really insane plays with it. But most of the game, any every game that I've won with this deck has been like, I got a copter down. I was able to get a couple attacks in with it. I was able to find my removal. Oh, I forgot to mention uh, that I had four Innocent Bloods in this deck because you know, it doesn't hit your Mishra's factory and doesn't hit your um, vehicles. Yeah,
0: just, and hits that's your, been also, just hit your wall yeah. tokens.
1: <laughs> yeah, it hits my wall tokens if one's out. Um, and even then you just make another. Yeah. Or your Lingering Souls, same deal. Like it hits one quarter of your oh, Lingering Oh yeah, souls. yeah, not so, even that bad. So like, yeah, so, and, and Innocent Blood has been a, a card that I've often been digging for with Smuggler's Copter or Sensei's Dividing Top. Um, I'm like, I really need Innocent Blood to get this uh, true name off the table. But, um, but yeah, the card's really good and it is. It's an option to go over the top of you know some of these ground armies. It goes over the top of, of things like moat that are going to come in to fight these ground armies. Yeah, I would say that what I've learned from this deck is don't sleep on a, on the vehicles. Rather, I wasn't. I was not very. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't very confident they could do anything in Legacy, but after playing with them. They've been pretty good. There's there's a couple Heart of Kirin that we
0: talked about, which I
1: definitely want to get into this deck.
0: Yeah, um, I just have to be able to afford one. <laughs> yeah, I, I know.
1: I checked the price the other day. It was like, oh yeah, mythic and standard. That's probably pretty good. So I'll yeah, go I'm not. I'm
0: months. not. Uh, I'm not purchasing uh, Heart of Kirins until they drop in price a little bit. But I, I think Heart of is a card that like is super interesting in these like in these bug decks is like a one or two of because you've already got Jace. Right? You've got all these other creatures that, that, you know, could could pilot it and it's a vigilant four four. Like you it's a, a flyer. two mana, A two mana Sarah Angel, you know, is not yeah. there's nothing to scoff at. Well, it's one of these things where okay, what's the it's cruise for
1: three. You know, you don't really want to but you could throw like your Leovold in this thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If you, you can, don't want to attack into someone else's
0: you true can name. Tap your Leovold the turn it comes into play to smash your opponent. On turn three for four damage, you know.
1: Yeah, and then you know, being able to to uh, to quote unquote crew it with planeswalker loyalty counters is going to also be really important. I just think the the flying aspect of these vehicles, I think I underrated a little bit. Um, but when you think about just how how much of this format is on the ground, yeah, that the that it's not and it's not even that they're flyers; they're big flyers. Smuggler's Copter is small; it's only a three-three. Sky Sovereign console flagship is... Uh, hold on, I'm going to actually look it up now. It's I was a 6-5, right? Oh, man, I, I always misspell uh, Sky Sovereign. I think you're right, that is a 6-5. It is a 6-5.
0: Yeah. 6-5 that bolts a Planeswalker when it comes into play? Or, a creature. or a a creature. Or creature. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good.
1: So so here's what I did with Sky Sovereign console flagship in the game. I was playing against like a veteran explorer Planeswalker deck, and... He uh you know, he had like a lot of uh play- he obviously had a lot of planeswalkers. He also had like abrupt decay as his key removal. And I sort of ripped this thing off the top. Um I might have known it was in his hand from a thought seed or something. Or maybe he had uh what's that guy? Um the Corsair fix. I knew he had abrupt decay. I was like, Well this is a five. So I cast it and killed his uh he had three planeswalkers out. He had the new Nyssa, he had a Jace, and he had a Luliana. I killed one of them. The next turn, I crewed it with a uh, Mishra's Factory and a and, a, and a, a Duretti guy, domed his Jace and attacked his Nissa and killed it <laughs> with one card in over two turns.
0: That's ridiculous. That yeah, yeah. that's
1: kind of that's kind of bonkers. <laughs> but a six five flyer, like a six five. That's the thing, though. A six five flyer is going to take out most Planeswalkers if they're a problem. Like they're going, it's going to get through what's in the way.
0: And Planeswalkers can't deal with that card at all no like there's That's not a, like yeah. you know what planeswalkers like what Dak.
1: well <laughs> <laughs> there you go right what about deck
0: faded so now deck faded, kind of like, deck. like then deck fading becomes really good you're just like no i'll have that you know like i thought about playing a one of deck in in the rug deck because you could you know like again with the the punching fires you can get them back so you could just draw and discard and stuff but like Dak doesn't do doesn't win you games which is is sort of the bummer. Dak doesn't have an ultimate that makes you feel like you you've won, you know?
1: Yeah. It, it's too bad because uh, like having a having a, a looter like that on a stick is really is really great, especially with hooting mandrels in your deck and yeah. punishing fire, but but also, you know, also how good is that going to be with uh Leovold's running around like Yeah, crazy. exactly.
0: Like you can't you know like oh, just discard two cards, I guess.
1: Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's just say like, let's not sleep on vehicles. I think that there's some uh, deck design space there. Um, then, and, and honestly, against a very fair meta where people are focusing on, uh, converted mana cost costs three or less creature destruction that, uh, some random cards might end up being pretty good like that. Yeah. And, uh, well, uh we've got a little bit of time here at the end. Um what do you think are some of the winners and losers in the format, whether it's cards or decks, um the way we're the way we've sort of broken the format down a little bit right now.
0: Well, I think that Storm is a big loser still. Storm is still in a in a rough spot between the the uprising of Leovold and, you know, nothing came out to hurt Eldrazi decks. So those are decks with a clock that still can play uh Chalice. Um, which will really mess you up if you're playing Storm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I would say loser of the week is is Storm.
1: Yeah, uh, I I would agree that it's, it's still going to be a tough time for Storm. They're going to be facing a lot of decks that have counter-managing and discard and Leopold at this point, yeah. which is uh, just good. I mean, the one thing they do get is that sometimes you're going to have these super fair hands, which is like got a couple Manadorks, mana dorks, got a couple true names, they probe you and you die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that will <laughs> um, happen. But uh, but yeah. Um to me I think the interesting card or a couple of cards to talk about are one's Baleful Strix. Yeah. Um it is now it is now bailful a card that dies to fatal push and doesn't get you any value if there's a Lee out. Um and just so that's despite the fact that we're gonna see all these bug decks, um, it doesn't seem like it's in a really great position right now. Um and then You know, I guess Delver of Secrets and Tarmogoyf, though, it does remain to be seen, like, if you could just overload what's going on.
0: Yeah, I feel like, so, if you were playing Canadian Threshold, you know, the the classic Grug Delver deck, um, if you were able to play something aside from uh, Nibble Mongoose, then Delver and Tarmogoyf get better, because Mm -hmm. then you're overloading their options of what to kill, but because fatal uh, fatal mongoose nimble mongoose doesn't get targeted by any of these cards um it just means that those creatures are immediate lightning rods like oh that's what i spend my removal on you know like it's not it's yep. a, a no brainer so uh i it's it's tough like do you try and play like it, and again hooting mandrills would be another option but you don't play that you know that that's the same same situation it can't be targeted by those cards
1: yeah well, I think Hooting Man, or um, Nimble Mongoose is a winner in a way that... Sort of, know, yeah. It's evasive. It's I think that the thing that really kills it is more the fact that True Name is everywhere, which is sort of takes us right back to the beginning. Yeah. But maybe these mongoose can, can uh, take the wheel of some vehicles. We need a
0: mongoose lord.
1: <laughs> we do need a mongoose lord.
0: <laughs> All mongoose get plus one, plus one, and trample. And flash. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, anything else we want to touch on this week?
0: Um. Yeah, I can't think. No of drama. Anything the, yeah, the, yeah no the, drama there's, there's. It's been a pretty dramaless week in the in the world of Magic the Gathering, which is pretty odd. Um, you know, I think. Uh, it's it's a weird week when there's not something to talk about news wise. Um, I think that's also because we're focusing on, you know, less. You're focusing less on drama and more on the actual game when the when the new set comes out um because that's what you talk about you know you talk about the new cards um you know what this game's actually about um yeah you know which is which is kind of refreshing you know like i i I don't want to say like i'd never like to see drama in the game i think that that's an important part of the community is uh, you know uh, touching on these issues that make that make the game uh, a personal experience but uh yeah. When, when a new set comes out, that's, that's the drama is there's a new set. We got to talk about the cards, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the past we've talked about, uh, you know, situations like the, you know, uh, worth, worth leaving for MTGO and speculating on MTGO and, uh, star city dropping the, the band star city dropping legacy and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, the, the pickup, uh, for the, for the satellite events, by uh tales of adventure and all that stuff's mm-hmm. awesome but when new set when the new set comes out really the cards are paramount that's really what it comes down to you know like magic is a card game and you got to talk about the cards sometimes yeah
1: well, hopefully we'll start seeing some new tech rollout as people are testing things in this new format the next set is released in april yeah we should yep. mention got some time
0: uh we should mention that we um we are on patreon and, oh, yes, uh, uh, if you can, if you go to patreon.com slash eternal dirtles, um, you can, uh, you can help us out over there. We're going to take that money and put it back into the podcast. Nate's getting a, a microphone. Thanks to some of our backers. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, it just helps us, uh, continue to bring you great con- uh, content.
1: So thank you to all of our Patreon, uh, donators, Patreons. I guess that's just pa- what they Pat- are,
0: right? Patrons. <laughs> patrons. I patrons. I think they're just called Patrons. <laughs>
1: Right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. thanks, Zach. Have a good night. Have a good one.
0: Stop, stop, Can see any more stuff, Can you I need more stuff? Go. Keep up Can see go. Keep up I'm up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys?